1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and joining me today to make our week 12 picks of the week is my co-host Charlie. And Charlie, don't look now, but I think you and I have finally hit our stride this season with our picks. I think it's safe to say that, right, at this point?
2: I mean, I I think I did okay last week. You, you I don't did actually
1: for- more than okay. You did very well. I mean, last week. We both had winning records. We both went six and two. So that marks five weeks in a row that both of us went 500 or better on the week. So no losing, no losing weeks in a while, Charlie. That's actually nine straight weeks where at least one of us has been over 500 on the week. We both, going back to week two, we both had a really rough week too, Charlie. That seems like eons ago at this point, going into week 12 but that was rough i do remember that i was like yikes man we are not off to a good start but we've certainly bounced back here we mentioned it earlier in the week on the mailbag episode but in case you guys missed it so charlie and i were both in knoxville last week so we're both in the state of tennessee where sports betting is now legal and so charlie you and i both um partook in some legal sports betting right yes we did Which is a lot of fun. I I enjoy it, guys. You know, you don't want to go crazy with it. But, you know, it's fun to to put a little money on the line there and see if you can maybe make a little cash.
2: Always bet responsibly. It
1: makes, like, games that you wouldn't have any stakes in more fun to watch. Yes, always bet responsibly, of course. Uh, But, Charlie, you and I both hit, like, you know, we hit fairly big over the weekend. And I know that you really want to brag on yourself because you have sent me a text basically every day this week saying Mississippi State. That's all you said, Mississippi State, Mississippi State, because you won a, a nice little bet on Saturday. So for those of you who did not hear us earlier in the week, Charlie, I'm gonna give you the floor here. Remind everyone again what you did and what you hit on.
2: Um, I bet on Mississippi State to pull the upset, which was not looking so great.
1: Uh, that's an half. understatement, Charlie. It was 28 to three.
2: But you know that, but the momentum started to swing right before the half. I forget what happened, but and I know I will it was say, like, oh, no, they can come out Yeah, a little
1: bit. Uh, and I actually put some money on. I think it was like they were plus 17 and a half going to halftime. I put a little money on there to get, on, to get in on that. And actually, you and I, uh, we met up before the game, tailgate a little bit. And I got to sit there and watch you watch that game. And I don't know if I've ever seen you like more into a football game in your life.
2: Well, I won $700, so I was pretty happy. Yeah,
1: I mean that that's impressive. And,
2: and like everybody I was with was doubting my pick. They were like Oh, You're they were an idiot. They, yes, everyone was You're giving you idiot. a very hard time first half. I was with like well, it's half. my money, I can do what I want, and I was betting responsibly. And as
1: they started to come back, you were And
2: then they were I was cautious, cautiously optimistic. Going
1: into halftime, remember that.
2: And then, you know,
1: and the second half happened.
2: Guess who won $700, everybody? And
1: Yeah, and you let everyone know that like the rest of the weekend. I did. Yes, you you definitely did. And just to like – I want to clarify here. You did not pick Mississippi State to cover. They were a a five-and-a-half-point underdog. You didn't pick them to cover. You went all in. You bet yeah. them on the money line. Uh-huh. I think what would you have, Matt? Like plus 155, 170, something like I that? I don't
2: remember. Okay.
1: Well, whatever it was, that's a great bet. Uh, I didn't – like we talked about this on the show last week. I didn't hate the bet. We both actually – are the pick. We both had Mississippi State to win that game outright. I wasn't confident enough to put that kind of money on it. Apparently, you were, which is which is great.
2: I mean, it's not something I'll do every Saturday. But thanks, Mike Leach. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now that was a really impressive bet. It took some guts. I uh, I won a little parlay. at a 14 parlay. Won I won a little bit there, so that was exciting for me. But it wasn't. Uh, I don't know if the excitement level was there watching like like it was watching you watch that Mississippi State Auburn game, which was. I uh, hmm, was intense. And did you see Bo Nix? Yes. Out done out for the season. Have oh you no! Seen I did You that. haven't seen that? No. How have you missed that all week? Where have oh, you been? Out for, broken ankle
2: oh in practice I,
1: no apparently at the end of the game i, I don't know oh. I mean, it's weird so huh. yeah who's
2: their backup
1: well it's tj finley right the guy who remember there's a the little mini quarterback controversy earlier in the year when they oh, almost lost yeah. georgia state yeah so yeah i yeah. mean honestly i don't think it's that people are like oh they're gonna kill by bama now well i mean tj finley's fine they still got a shot but bama's better than them. we'll see how that goes so anyway yes week 11 was good to us and hopefully week 12 will be even better to us but before we give out those picks, I do want to remind you guys really quickly about our good friends at Alumni Hall. Charlie, I know it's, it's almost Thanksgiving week here. I know we're not quite there yet, but we're counting down the days. And you know what that means, Black Friday. I know you're not a Black Friday shopper.
2: I am not, but I know other people enjoy it.
1: You don't even do the online stuff?
2: No, I, Why hate would cho- you not- I hate shopping online. But
1: there's like deals to be had, Charlie. No, I
2: hate sitting down and looking at stuff. Oh, like come that. on! No,
1: you're crazy. I, I get not going into the stores. That's to me. Yeah, I mean, if you have a kid, like and you're a committed parent, God bless you. But for me, uh, uh-uh, uh, I say all that. But I mean, it's I will all say, online.
2: A computer, uh, a computer. Wow. Hmm. I don't
1: even know what you're trying to it's say late. right now.
2: A website. It's not
1: late though. It's five o'clock. The
2: website I do always go to is Alumni Hall. I'm always yeah, looking to see what they have that's new. Of course.
1: That I will say I have gone to Alumni Hall on Black Friday a couple of times. It's the only store I've gone into because they have such great deals. And it really is, guys. It's the go-to place for anything Georgia-related. And, I mean, as you can imagine, living in Athens, running a Georgia podcast, you guys know I'm a Georgia guy, and people I associate with, they're Georgia people too. So everyone in my life is a a Georgia person. So that's kind of my go-to spot for holiday shopping. And I, I think if you guys are looking for gifts for any of the Georgia fans in your lives, you're definitely not going to be disappointed with Alumni Hall. So make sure to check them out today. You can check them out now before Black Friday, or you can just wait till next week. They're going to have incredible deals. They always do. Be on the lookout for that. If you aren't already, go ahead and go to their website, alumnihall.com and sign up for email notifications. You'll get all the discounts, all the deals, all the promotions sent directly to your email inbox. And that way, you'll know exactly where to go and when to go do it. So, do that today. Uh, you can also check them out in person if you're coming to the game this weekend in the Epps Bridge Shopping Center here in the wonderful city of Athens, Georgia. And also, Charlie, speaking of coming to Athens, the next time you're making a trip to Athens, if it's this weekend, I think they're booked up. I'm pretty, actually, I'm positive they're booked up this weekend. But for your next trip to Athens, make sure to book your stay at the normal town cottage normal town is the place to be in athens i'm telling you guys i'm an athens local it's the place to be it's where everyone wants to be right now it's the best part of town right down the street you got tons of bars and restaurants very cool bars and restaurants that are literally just a walk away Downtown's just a, another short distance down the road you got free tree line parking beautiful neighborhood safe secure immaculate rooms you can't beat it, guys. You simply just cannot beat it. So for your next trip, make sure to check out the Normal Town Cottage on Airbnb. You can check it out on Instagram as well, and book your next stay. But all right, Charlie, we have got some picks to make before we do that. Though I do want to review our picks from last week real quick. Uh, Charlie, you and know, I again, we both went six and two on the week. It was a very good week for both of us. Once again, for the second week in a row, we had different picks. In four different games. And once again, for the second week in a row, we split on those four games. Uh, Charlie, you hit on Missouri minus one over South Carolina and Ole Miss plus two and a half over a and They actually won that game outright. While I hit on Baylor plus five and a half over Oklahoma. I told you, Charlie, I told you guys out there, I wanted to pick Baylor outright last week. I said that on the show, but I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the Charlie level guts. To make that call, and I regret that. Um, so, but I hit on that one, and I also hit on Wake minus two over NC State, and what might have been the most exciting game of the weekend. It was really fun to come back in, in town and watch that on Sunday. So that brings us both, Charlie, with a six and two week to fifty one and thirty eight overall on the season. Uh, Charlie also nailed her upset special and nailed in a big way, like we talked about with Mississippi State over Auburn outright. Uh, that brings you to nine and four, Charlie, with your upset specials. You're on a little bit of a roll here. I also hit on Mississippi State as an upset special, bringing me to eleven and three on the year with my upset specials. Man, like I, my picks—I I don't hit on every pick. We don't. That's that's, that's fine. It's whatever. The
2: it time for bragging. I,
1: I'm not bragging. I mean, you got to brag. Let me brag a little bit here. I'm hitting seventy nine percent of my upset specials. I mean, and I'm, we're talking about not just picking underdogs against the spread. We're talking about picking underdogs to win outright. I I I feel good about that. I mean, but all, all my picks. You money
2: on Mississippi State to win.
1: Charlie, I really wanted to. You and I talked about that before the game. I was like, Charlie, I love this, and I really want to join you. And then like, you told me how much, money, how much money you were putting on I was like, I am not putting that money on it. Um, so, yeah, like, good for you again. That's fine. Uh, but I'm doing pretty good on those. I'm doing pretty good on those. That's one thing I can, I can kind of hang my hat on this season. Um, and then for our locks, Charlie and I both locked up Arkansas minus 2.5 over LSU. They made us sweat that one out. Actually, that was the last leg of my four-game parlay. And uh, they won it for me. They got it for me. They made us sweat that one out in overtime, but they got the job done. Charlie also showed the faith in the dogs for once. You had two. You had two locks, Charlie. I mean, for someone who usually doesn't remember to pick a lock,
2: I remember today. Thank you. Well, good
1: for you. What a gal. Uh, but you showed faith in the dogs for once in your life. You locked up Georgia minus twenty over Tennessee, while I locked up Michigan in a pick 'em game against Penn State. Charlie, you are now eight and five with your locks. I'm now ten and five. So like we are very close to like all of these picks, Charlie, whether it's overall, whether it's our upset specials, whether it's our locks. So it's coming down the wire these last few weeks and Charlie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm coming for you. All right. I'm coming for you. I'm not losing this. All right. Let's go. What we got?
2: Okay. Alright, well, this is that weird week of the regular season right before Rivalry Weekend, which traditionally means Cupcake Central for most of the SEC teams. Baby seal clubbing. Yeah, so this week's slate features more national games than usual. We're going to start with Fox's big noon kickoff game, which is Michigan State at Ohio State.
1: Is Michigan State the baby seal in this scenario? Yeah. I mean, it could be. We'll see.
2: I mean, if you have to pick one. This game would be more interesting for sure if Michigan State had not lost to Purdue a couple weeks ago. But despite that loss, this game still holds significant Big Ten East implications. A win by the Buckeyes sets up a winner-take-all game against Michigan and Ann Arbor next week. But if the Spartans find a way to win, they will take the lead in the Big Ten East race. And all the good teams are in the East.
1: It, it, I hate like, the it way the they change. I mean, the, well, geographically it makes sense, but I, I like, right. comparatively, it does not make sense. Exactly. It's terrible. It's, it's. It I mean. yeah. Thank
2: you. Michigan State is led by Kenneth Walker at running back, who can definitely light up a field, light up the field, and is in the thick of the Heisman race. If the Spartans are going to pull off the big upset in the horseshoe, it's going to be on his back for sure. Ohio State has a high-powered offense, so I'm curious to see how Mel, Mel Tucker game plans. To stop the explosive Buckeye offense. Can I
1: call a timeout here?
2: Well, I was just about to say. Also, he just renewed his contract for what?
1: Not renewed. Got extended.
2: Extended. Whatever. Our new deal. Right for like what? How much? I think
1: I think what I read was ten years, ninety-five million. An
2: obscene amount of money. This guy's
1: two and a half years into his head coaching career, hundred million dollars. So you And know, he's not. Tell me how much titles this guy's won. None. Zero. Big fat so you zero. You know he's
2: motivated. The co- players are going to appreciate that they know he's going to be around after all the talk about LSU and whatnot. So, um, good for him. Good for them. Uh, Ohio State, you know, uh, I don't know. Do you think Kirby's going to take a closer look to see what Mel Tucker does against Ohio State?
1: I mean, it depends on what happens. If Mel Tucker beats Ohio State, then it's irrelevant.
2: Well, but you yeah, we, can we also look and see, oh, that did Well, didn't Kirby, work.
1: Kirby's not going to be doing that because we have to prepare for next week's game. But we have grad Georgia. assistants. We have different guys. As, yes. I'm our, not an there, are, idiot. There, are, there are people on our – I'm not saying you are, but you said Kirby. I mean, well, you, you said Kirby. Yes, people on our staff will certainly be watching that for sure. I was thinking sure.
2: of defensive minds. Yes. Okay. I haven't really watched Ohio State play much this year other than their first game against Oregon. Second game. Second game. Well, it was early in the season. Well, yeah, but one first game. So I'm excited to... Thank you. Are you going to correct me? I mean, I'm just time? like...
1: I mean, I, if I made a mistake, I would want to be corrected. That
2: was... I I'll keep that in mind.
1: gently corrected you.
2: Listeners, please correct them on Twitter.
1: I get things wrong. I'm just helping you out. Okay.
2: Well, I am excited to watch a good Big Ten game on Saturday, although it'll be on delay, obviously, since they play at the same time that Georgia plays. You're going to come
1: home and watch it? You in this one? Yep. Yeah, me too.
2: There's no such thing as a DVR. Huh? Is it? I mean, it's not an actual box anymore. It's just in the cloud.
1: Well, it's a cloud DVR, Charlie. Okay,
2: whatever. I don't understand how all of that works. I'm not in charge of that at yeah, my house. I, yeah,
1: I, I know that you don't.
2: <laughs> okay, the Buckeyes are a heavy 19-point favorite at home against the one-loss Spartans. We saw Michigan light up the Spartan secondary a few weeks ago. So what are the Buckeyes and their top 10 passing offense going to do to Michigan State? I don't know. It's a big number in this kind of game, but I love the matchup for Ohio State. See what they can do. I think Michigan State will cover the 19, but doubtful that they'll pull the upset.
1: Yeah, this is a really, um, this is a tough one for me. Not because I don't have an idea who's going to win. I do, but this is a head versus heart pick for me because, Charlie, I don't know about you. Actually, I know know where you're going to go with this. I really want Ohio State to lose this game. I mean, for a couple of reasons. I don't like Ohio State. Charlie, I know that you're not not a big fan of Ohio State, but I certainly do not have any... Respect for that program. I mean, like in terms of competitiveness, they're really good, but I don't like that program at all. Uh, but really, more so, the reason I want them to lose this game is I see them as a major threat to the Cultural Playoff. I don't like them, but they're pretty good and they're playing really well right now. This is probably the best offense in the country. I think you can make that argument right now. I know that you've got a young quarterback in CJ Stroud, but they got so many weapons at receiver. Henderson's really good at running back. They've got so many weapons for him to work with. And he's really good. He's still improving. He still makes mistakes here and there like a, like a young quarterback will. But to me, this is a major threat in the college playoff. I know defensively they've got some issues at times, but they are really talented on that side of the ball. And again, I just think it's the most dynamic offense in the country. This is a team that I do not want to play in the college playoff. I'm not scared of anybody, but I also want to get the best matchups. I don't think Ohio State is the best matchup. Like a potential one versus four if it ends up being that way. We don't know if we'll be the one seed. Hopefully, knock on wood, we don't know. I would just rather play like Cincinnati or something. Just saying. So I would just love for them to be lo- love for them to lose to like not be part of the playoff conversation anymore. But as much as I want that to happen, here's the head part. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see it happening at all. It's just a bad matchup for Michigan State. I mentioned Ohio State, they are prolific throwing the football, number six nationally in passing yards per game, number three nationally in yards per attempt. Uh, and you guys know if you've listened to the show, Michigan State is dead last in pass yards allowed. They're not good. They're allowing 329 passing yards a game. That's craziness. Now, that is somewhat misleading, though. Like, if you look at it a little bit deeper, like that number is like insane. But if you dig a little bit deeper, you see, well, okay. Yeah, they're they're dead last in the country in pass yards allowed per game, but they're top 40 in yards per attempt allowed. Really, if you look at it closely, they've they've actually had more passing attempts against them than any other team in the country. So that kind of accounts a little bit for. But why are teams throwing the ball so much against them? Against them because they're vulnerable there. They're not very good. But regardless, they're still very bad against the pass. I mean, Michigan threw for over 400 yards. Against this uh, Michigan State defense. And Michigan hasn't thrown for more than 255 yards against anyone else this season. That gives you a little bit of frame of reference there. So Ohio State is going to score. It's just that kind of matchup for them. And I just don't know if Michigan State has the firepower to keep pace. Obviously, what they're going to want to do here is control the game and limit possessions with Kenneth Walker running back. That's also not a great matchup for for Michigan State here. I mean, Kenneth Walker's awesome. And, and Ohio State has had some issues defensively, but they're actually good against the run. Where where they struggle is in their pass defense. Ohio State's 108th nationally in passing defense. Michigan State's not really equipped to take advantage of that so much. Ohio State's top 15 nationally in rush defense. So it's just all the way around, it's not a good matchup for Michigan State. Um, At the end of the day, Michigan State is a good team. Like They're good. They are good, but they're not your typical nine-in-one team. They're only plus 59 yards on the year. That's more in line with like a, a, like a, I five and five, six and four caliber team, like they like typically. But they've won some close games. They probably shouldn't have won the Michigan game. They had no business winning that game. Michigan blew it late. Nebraska, they had no business winning that game. Nebraska blew it late. So I think the Buckeyes win this game. And while 19 points is a large margin, I just think it's a really, really bad matchup for Michigan State. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes to cover the 19. That's a big number, but at home. I just think they're going to pull away late in this game.
2: It's also at twelve o'clock, though.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't want that to happen, but I, I got to be honest. Like intellectually, my head says, yeah, it's going to happen. So I'm going to go. I'm going to Ohio State to cover the 19 late.
2: All right. Well, one of the sneaky good games of the week last week was Wake Forest's narrow win over North Carolina State on Saturday night. It's an
1: awesome game to watch. It's fun. <sighs> 45-42.
2: Yeah, that win over the Wolfpack didn't lock up a trip to the ACC championship game for the Deeks but it put them in the position to punch their ticket to Charlotte this week with a win over Clemson. Clemson still isn't the Clemson of old on offense, but they have at least stabilized over the past couple of weeks. And believe it or not, they're still very much alive in the race for the ACC Atlantic title, which just is it's not... It's hard
1: it. to believe at this yeah. point, but they are. I mean, technically, like, like they, they are. they fell
2: off the face of the planet.
1: No one even talks about them. They, like, That's For I mean. a while, people were talking about how bad they were. Now, now it's like, like... No one even talks about Clemson.
2: It's like... Years ago, it was like, oh, Clemsoning yeah. was a thing. Yeah. It's like, is that going to come back? I don't Navy. know. It's like no one even uses that as a reference. It's
1: like anymore. right now they're the roadkill that's like been wiped mm. off the side of the road and just the remnants are left there yep. that you kind of barely see.
2: Thanks for that. That's
1: Image. kind of what they are right now. All right.
2: Well, they still need North Carolina State to lose to UNC next week, but if the Tigers can find a way to beak Wake at home, they will put themselves in position to take advantage of a potential slip by NC State Vegas likes Clemson's chances in this one as the Tigers are favored by 3.5 at home over the 9-1 and Demon Deacons. Um, I'm going to pick Clemson to cover the 3.5 This is one of
1: those weird ones, Charlie. We're talking about like...
2: But then I think, oh, it's 12 o'clock. Meh, maybe not. I don't know. Wake Forest is going to come out swinging with everything they have. Crowds
1: can still be an advantage at noon.
2: I'm kind of wanting to change my pick, but I already wrote down Clemson... Well, just because you and wrote half. it down doesn't
1: mean you can't change it. Well,
2: it's okay, but I could go back. This is one I could go back and forth on.
1: I have gone back and forth on this one, yeah. So
2: we'll stick with Clemson.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one because Wake Forest is the team that's coming with one loss. Clemson's kind of been limping around this season. Like you said, Charlie, like they're just kind of an afterthought at this point. But Vegas is looking at this and like, hmm, Clemson's more talented. They're at home. Give them the three and a half points here. Some places it's like four and a half. But the but the, the book that we used is that got it at three and a half at least as of the time of this recording. And you're right, Charlie, you nailed it. People wrote Clemson off many weeks ago. They left them for dead but the Tigers have quietly, oh so quietly, put themselves in a position to just sneak in the back door of the ACC title game with a win over Wake. Now, you're right. They do need some help. They need NC State to lose. Certainly possible. North Carolina is playing a little bit better right now. Now, the Clemson offense is still garbage. It's hot garbage. You know, I I, I will stand by this. I think we broke DJU earlier in the year. He's just not even, he's not even the same quarterback that he was last year. And Injuries at running back have hurt them along with the subpar offensive line, which we know very... We know that offensive line very intimately. We dominated them. But that defense is still legit. They're a fringe top ten defense total in total defense. I think they're 11th nationally. They're top five in yards per play allowed. They're top three in scoring defense. So it's kind of an interesting matchup. It is this Clemson defense. Now they're not as good without a guy like Brian Brzee, but they are still really good. There's still a ton of talent in that defense, a ton of veteran talent on that defense. So it's going to be a challenge. It's a great matchup between that Clemson defense and this really high-powered, legit Wake offense, who's put up numbers on everybody, by the way. But this is a, a, a different level of defense, you have to say. Now, Sam Hartman at quarterback for Wake, he's been really good all years. Like Jamie Newman who? Sam Hartman's been awesome for them. He's a veteran leader. He's played a lot of football for them. They completely trust that guy out there. But he has started to turn the ball over a little bit the past couple weeks. He's thrown five picks over the last two weeks. And if he does that this week in this game against Clemson, they're just not going to win. They don't have the talent to make up for that. Now, the Clemson offense, we know, guys, we know, we we, we know. It's well documented. They're not good, but they are improving. They're getting closer to being good. And on the flip side, Wake is very bad on defense. They're 97th nationally in yards per play, 107th nationally in yards per game, allowed 86th nationally in scoring defense. They've given up 40 or more points three times the last four games. Actually, in those last four games, they're giving up on average 41 points per game and 485 yards a game. And it's not like they're playing like these prolific offenses. North Carolina's good. That's the only good offense they've played in that stretch. I mean, Army is mixed in in that stretch, guys. Army put up over 50 on They could not stop Army. The only way that they actually got to stop against Army is Army fumbled an exchange, essentially. So clearly the recipe for Wake Forest to win football games is offense. That's how they do it. But I don't think they're gonna be able to do that in this game against this Clemson defense. I still do expect it to be tight because Clemson just has not shown the ability offensively to pull away from anyone but I think Clemson's got the more talented team. They're at home. Dabo is going to play that chip on his shoulder. Everybody doubts this card, which he's very good at playing. He's done that plenty of times in his career. He's very good at that. I like Clemson at home. The hook gives me a little bit of pause here. I don't like that. Three and a half. If it was three, I might actually put my own money on this. But despite that, let's go Clemson at home, playing the underdog card. Give me Clemson to win this game, cover the spread, and keep their ACC title hopes alive, at least for another week.
2: Alright, well this next game was a game a lot of people had circled in the preseason as one of the biggest games of the season. But it lost a lot of its luster last week as both Iowa State and Oklahoma lost on the road. The Sooners fell flat on their face after the bye week, only managing a very unsooner, like 260 total yards of offense, and a 27-14 loss to Baylor. Their savior, Caleb Williams, even got benched late in the game. And some of their fans were even chanting, we want Spencer, which is just... Embarrassing for it's a It's ridiculous. Fan base.
1: If you're a quarterback, I know Lincoln Riley's with this great reputation. The Heisman Trophy. You candidates. should not go why, there. Why? after that display? Why do you go there?
2: Yeah, and then Iowa State has just really disappointed this season, and they limp into this win six and four after their Big Twelve title hopes were completely dashed this week in a loss to Texas Tech. All the Cyclones can do now is play spoiler. The line is an interesting one in this. Uh, the Sooners are nine and one, but they're only favored by four at home. Over a four-loss Iowa State team, the odds makers are clearly putting a lot of credence into the fact that Iowa State has played OU tougher than anyone over the past three to four years. There are rumors circling about Lincoln Riley possibly going to LSU. Did you
1: see the reported deal? Like this is a rumor. I think I, I mean take it for what it's worth. I think the Jay Boy Show reported this. You see this? No. Eight years, ninety-six million is what's being like put out there. That's twelve million a year, Charlie.
2: So I'm wondering how focused the players and coaches are this week for this one. I'm not sure Iowa State can get the win here, but I'm going to pick them to cover the four points. It's also at 12 o'clock, so that might help Iowa State. You were all
1: over the noon starts.
2: I mean, I...
1: We've had noon starts this year, Charlie, and the crowd's been really good.
2: Right, but we're like the best yes. team in the country yes
1: per Fair. the
2: rankings, and I yes. test... I mean, I get it.
1: Generally speaking, the crowd's not as raucous and in the we've morning. Had, I understand that, like, but... Is it that big of a deal?
2: Right, but we've had every home game. Well, not every. They were big games. Yeah, like Arkansas. That was a big one. Arkansas, Kentucky. Especially after last year. We had game day. Like, Mizzou wasn't as full for that one. I think Mizzou
1: was. uh, And for Charleston Southern, I don't think it will be at all. I a lot so. of the
2: students will leave before. I really then. hope
1: so for the seniors' sake. That sucks.
2: I do too, but it's Charleston Southern. Like, why are we even playing? These games that? don't like, need to be played. I want those smaller schools to get money so that and they I like, can have I programs. Like
1: players be able to get opportunities to play football at different Absolutely. levels. But like I don't I but want to pay this for this. Is,
2: right. It's not yeah. It's not exciting. We it's can have, have pay a whole for. episode on that. Yeah, we have to yeah, do we talked about it before, there. but yeah. yeah. I'm picking Iowa to cover. Iowa or Iowa State, sorry. There
1: we go. Iowa State, guys. Is almost certainly the best four loss team in the country. If you look at their numbers, I don't know how in the world they've lost four games. Now I've watched them play, and I can tell you how because they turn the ball over, they make mistakes. They're they're just inconsistent in, in different parts of the game. But they are plus thirteen hundred yards in their total yards differential. That is typically like Michigan State's only like plus. Get like here's the, here's the difference, guys. Michigan State's plus fifty nine yards on the year in their total yards differential. They're nine and one. Iowa State's plus 1,300, and they're six and four. That is football in a nutshell. That's college football, and that's why it's beautiful. It's a bounce here, a bounce there, a a, a miss block here, a drop ball there, a turnover here, a turnover there. And it changes games, and it changes fortunes. It changes perceptions of teams. So I think Iowa State, yeah, I know they're six and four. They're not that bad. Like, their total yards differential is, is really, really strong. Like, it's like the level of, I think, an eight and two caliber team. Maybe even a nine and one caliber team. Oklahoma, on the flip side, like, they're, like, from total yards differential standpoint, which I know is not everything, but, like, they're half as good as Iowa State. They're plus 650. Uh, and if you look at Iowa State, the their four losses, they've outgained teams 1,687 yards to 1,479 in the two games that were most stark, they outgained Iowa and Baylor by a combined 818 to 458. They almost doubled those two teams up, and they lost both those games. They lost to Iowa pretty bad. The thing is, they just found a way to lose games, and that, and good teams don't do that. Good teams find a way to win games. They don't find ways to lose games, and that's what Iowa State has done. It's really hard to trust a team like that. But, Charlie, you kind of alluded to it. There are some serious bad vibes around Oklahoma right now. Fans, as you said, Charlie, have kind of chanted to to replace both quarterbacks now. Like, what are you doing? Lincoln Riley, all these rumors about him maybe going to LSU. Like, the, in the middle of, the, of game week, there's this report comes out. Eight years, $96 million is what he's been offered. Like, there's just some bad vibes kind of circling around that program right now. And they lost last week. And the Oklahoma offense, like, let's, let's talk about on the field stuff. Their offense is so inconsistent. They can be good, but they can be really not good. Like they were under 300 yards last week against Baylor. And here's the thing too. Iowa State has played them better than anyone the past five or six years. They've beaten Oklahoma two of the last five times they played them. They've lost the last two games to Oklahoma. The last two games they've lost to Oklahoma have been by a combined seven points. Their inverted Tampa 2-3-3-5 three, three, defense was built to stop teams like Oklahoma. Now this is not a classic Oklahoma offense either. So I I don't know, man, like this is interesting. Their, their defense, the way they structure their 3-3-5, three, three, it has great mechanisms built within it to contain the quarterback in the pocket. And that's one of the reasons they've had success against Oklahoma. And if it's Caleb Williams, I don't think he's gonna be able to make those wow plays with his legs. I really like Iowa State in this game. I really do. Uh, my big concern is is the record now. They're out of Big 12 title contention. What direction do they go? I think Matt Campbell's gonna earn his money in this game. We'll see what, what kind of coach Matt Campbell really is. But I still think they're going to be up to play Oklahoma. Oklahoma is still a big game for them. So give me the Cyclones to cover and win outright. Charlie, this is my upset special. I really want to lock this one up. You know what, Charlie? Whatever. Let's do it. Lock it up. Lock it up. All
2: right. It's locked. It's
1: late. It's late in the season. Let's let's take some chances here.
2: All right. Next up, we have the CBS Game of the Week, which has 7-3 and Arkansas going to Alabama to try to give the Tide their second loss of the season. Since Texas A&M lost to Ole Miss last weekend, it will most likely be Bama and SEC championship unless they lose the next two games.
1: And that ain't I... happening.
2: Right. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, maybe. We'll see. But I, I don't see that.
2: Arkansas either. has done really well this year and is ranked 21 in the college football playoff right now. Is that up four spots?
1: Yeah, they were 25. From no, last 20, week.
2: Yeah. Since they took down LSU in overtime at night to get the win last week. I think Sam Pittman will do his best to get his guys ready. I'm not sure it'll be enough to beat Bama, but they may be able to cover. The current spread is 20 and a half, but Bama is not the Bama we've seen in recent years. Usually I would say, yeah, take Bama. Easy, right? But I am going to go with Arkansas to cover.
1: Mm, that's, that's a Sam Pittman heart play.
2: Well, that's yeah. an I
1: love Sam Pittman I play. A,
2: I think that's a I mean, the, it's a reasonable. Play it's, as well. I mean, I
1: put some thought on this one as well. Yes, I considered Arkansas. A uh, spoiler alert: I didn't decide to go with Arkansas. Uh, I will say, tip of the cap to Sam Pittman. This team has has really taken to a different level this year. Now they're still not an elite team, but compared to where they were, Sam Pittman's done one hell of a job. I don't think anyone in the country outside maybe. Fayetteville, Arkansas thought he'd be able to do this and do it this quickly. So you got to love it when a good guy like Sam Pittman is able to find success like this and do it in a place that that he has uh, a lot of love for. So good for him, good for them. Uh, I have to imagine, though, from an on-the-field perspective here, Bama's going to do what we did to Arkansas and try to run right at them. That's where this team is a little weak between the tackles and the run game with their 3-3-5 defense. But I will say Arkansas is still very good at not giving up big plays in the passing game. They're only they're second in the SEC in, in giving up plays of a passing plays of twenty or more yards. They're not giving up those big plays. That's what that defense is built to do. They play that that umbrella coverage. To make sure you don't get those kind of plays. You have to, you have to go down the field, you got to run the football. I think that's what Alabama has seen and that's what Alabama is going to try to do. And we know Alabama tries to those big explosive plays. So if Arkansas is able to take that away from them, it might get a little bit interesting. But I just have a hard time believing that Arkansas is going to be able to consistently move the ball on this Alabama defense. They're absolutely going to have to cash in on any red zone opportunities that they get. They got to score touchdowns in the red zone. And this is maybe a place where they, they can find some success. Because Bama hasn't been, like, great in the red zone. They're 45th nationally in red zone touchdown percentage. are giving up touchdowns 57% of the time that teams get into the red zone against them. So maybe that's something that Arkansas can, can find a little bit of success with. But, I mean, we're, we're grasping at straws here right now. Obviously, Bama is the more talented team. And, look, guys, this is just not a good matchup for Arkansas statistically. We know Arkansas wants to run the football. That's what they do. Bama's a top five rush defense. And I don't know though. I will say like when you watch them play, I know they're statistically top five. I just feel like they can be run on a little bit. Their their defensive line is good, but I think their inside linebackers are overrated. Toho Toho to- to- and Harris haven't been great lately. But at the end of the day, Arkansas is too one-dimensional. That That's the problem for them. They just don't throw the ball well enough. One-dimensional teams just don't beat or ever really threaten Alabama teams. And at this point, with Bama almost assured, a spot in the SEC title game as as They don't blow all these last two games. I think we need to root for them, Charlie. This is a little bit of a heart play here. We need to root for Bama because let's say God forbid we lose in the SEC championship game and it's to Alabama. We need them to be a one-loss team so we can still find a way to sneak in. Losing to a one-loss Bama is different than losing to a two-loss Bama who lost to Arkansas at home. So I want to root for Alabama in this game. I've given up hope. I was rooting against them until Auburn and AM both lost last week. But now I think we've got to root for Alabama so that win or that loss can look as good as possible in the uh, in the SEC championship game. So I'm going to go Bama here, and I'm also going to take them to cover the 20 and a half.
2: Okay. Let's go back to the ACC for our next game. We already discussed how the Clemson-Wake game has major ACC Atlantic division implications. But not to be outdone, the ACC Coastal has its own showdown between Virginia and Pitt. Pitt has put together an impressive 2021 season, and they've put themselves in position to win the ACC Coastal. But Virginia has been just hanging around, and the winner of this game will take the lead in the Coastal Division heading into the final week of the regular season. Pitt is led by Heisman contender Kenny Pickett, um, and they're the 15-point home favorite. But the Who's hope to get starting quarterback Brennan Armstrong back. Do we have any
1: they're uh, being Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall is being very coy about his status. It was a broken rib. It was that
2: rib. Injury. Well, they didn't even say it was
1: broken rib, but it was a rib injury of some sort. I think it was broken. We'll see. He, when he came off the field against BYU a couple weeks ago. He was saying he was pointing to saying even it's if broken. it's not
2: broken, it still hurt. He
1: was warming up on the field last week before the, before the Notre Dame game, but very gingerly throwing the ball like ten yards. I don't know. I hope he plays. Cause if he does, if I don't he know. does, it
2: could turn into a fun shootout. One of the most fun. The entire season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it, it has a chance to be one of those really fun shootouts that nobody's really going to have an eye on to start to to start the game. But like, you're going to get updates like, "Oh, I need to be watching this game." It has a, has the potential if he plays.
2: All right. Well, uh, I mean, I don't know what the over is, but take the over.
1: Take I Whatever think it's like 70. it is. Take. I mean, t- take, take it the over. Take it.
2: Uh, as for the spread, Pitt is playing really well right now. Mm, it's fifteen. I think yeah, Virginia balloon. can cover.
1: Yeah, it ballooned a little bit. I don't know what that says. The people in Vegas maybe have gotten some indication that maybe Armstrong's not playing as it was 13 and a half. That's where it opened. Now it's 15. I don't know. But this one, to me, it completely comes down to whether or not Brendan Armstrong is playing. I know everyone talks about Kenny Pickett as like a, a dark horse Heisman candidate right now because there's just, it's kind of like by default, there's just not many of those guys that really kind of taken hold of that, of that award right now. But to be honest, guys, I've watched both these teams play a lot give me Brennan Armstrong all day long over Kenny Pickett. I love watching this guy play football. He's like, the red-headed wild man out there just running around doing crazy things. I love watching him play. I love watching Virginia play. Their offense is so unique, it's so creative. It's the most fun offense to watch in all college football. If you haven't seen Virginia play this year, do yourself a favor and find some time to turn this game off, especially if Brandon Armstrong does end up playing, because it's just a fun watch, man. It is really fun. And they they don't play any defense, they give a lot of points too. Uh, but it's fun, man. It's, It's really fun to watch them play, and here's the thing. Pitt really struggles to stop the pass. They give up 357 yards passing to Western Michigan early in the year in a game. They actually lost at home. They gave up 359 yards, Charlie, to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech threw for 359 against this Pitt defense. Miami threw for 426. And Virginia, oh yeah, by the way, with Brennan Armstrong, is second nationally passing offense, 380 yards a game. Brennan Armstrong himself is number one in the country in total offense, averaging 425 a game. This dude is legit. He's so much fun to watch, but it's not just him. There are weapons galore in that offense. Keaton Thompson, they do some crazy things with him. He plays tight end, he plays receiver, he plays fullback, he plays tailback, he plays quarterback, a little bit of everything. Billy Kemp, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Jelani Woods, who's like their version of Darnell Washington. And he's like about as big as Darnell and moves like Darnell. They've got weapons. The problem for Virginia is they are so, so bad on defense, especially against the run. But hey, on the flip side, like Pitt just doesn't run the football well. They're 12th in the ACC in yards per attempt. So can Pitt really take advantage of that problem that Virginia has had stopping the run the way other teams have? I don't know if they're equipped to do that. So if Brendan Armstrong plays, and if he's not limited too much by the rib injury, if he's like truly like wild man, Brendan Armstrong running around, diving, doing crazy things, running around, uh, he's he's very athletic, very mobile, I really like Virginia in this game. But if not... It's going to be a tough game for them. Right, true freshman Jay Wolf, folks the guy he played poorly last week. They only got three points last week with, without Brandon Armstrong, which is not what Virginia does, guys. It was a totally different animal for them. So I don't know, man. Like I, I want to go Virginia so badly. If Brandon Armstrong is playing, Charlie, can I like can we make a deal? Like no. Like if he's playing, no. I to, no, I have to pick right now.
2: And I was uh, gonna say, I was gonna lock this up.
1: I'm gonna, I want to lock it up too if Armstrong is playing. Are, are you, you locking it up? I yeah, you, I had you, it written
2: you, down. I just forgot to say it.
1: I mean, fifty. Okay, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put my faith that Bernard Arshon is gonna play. I'm gonna put my faith in that he's gonna play. Um, I'm gonna take Virginia to cover. Lock it up. Got Lock it, it up. It, it, if he does play, I this might mean I'm upset special. I'm not gonna go that far. Lock it up. I'm just. Yeah, whatever. In the season, let's take some flyers. Let's go with it.
2: All right. For our next game, we're going to do something we rarely do on these episodes and pick a group of five game. This one features a big American conference matchup between the ever-polarizing Cincinnati Bearcats and SMU. The Bearcats are the 12-point home favorite, and they're obviously fighting to keep their playoff dreams alive and style points against one of the best teams on their schedule. Uh, That would go a long way towards bringing them closer to realizing that dream. But for the better part of the last month or so, Cincinnati has been struggling to pull away from bad group of five teams like Navy, Tulsa, and Tulane. Bad teams. Uh, SMU is definitely not a bad group of five team. They can put up points in bunches, and they're going to pose a serious challenge to Cincinnati's quest for an undefeated season. This is my upset special of the week, SMU to win outright. You
1: like that passing offense, Tanner Mordecai. Yep. Uh, This is a good one, Charlie. Uh, SMU you're not wrong. They're very capable of beating Cincinnati, because the fact is Cincinnati's just not been playing well. They have not been playing well. I watched that entire game there uh, last week against South Florida. They won that game I think by 17 points in the, the day. I was sitting there watching it from Calhoun's in Knoxville, and uh, they just didn't look great. Like there's just something missing. Like they're not a top five team in the country. They're simply not. There's there is no way on earth. That Cincinnati is one of the five best teams in the country. They're just not. They're good. Doesn't mean they're one of the five best teams. And SMU is putting up essentially 500 yards a game on offense, primarily through the air. But here's the thing it's not a great match of them. Cincinnati's top five in the country in pass events. They're top three nationally in yards per attempt allowed. They're number one in passer rating against Ahmad Garner, a cornerback. Like, he's legit. He's probably a first round cornerback. He's very, very good. And I know, here's the thing, Charlie. I know people want to see Cincinnati lose, but why? I know you don't like Cincinnati, but do we really want them to lose?
2: I'm not saying I want them to lose. I just think they're going to lose. Yeah,
1: I, I, I get that, but like,
2: I'm just sick of hearing about them. Go have your own championship, have your own playoff. I'm sick of it. They don't belong there. It, yeah, it's just
1: I, I I'm i annoyed
2: by it. I can I at can this tell. Point.
1: But Charlie, wouldn't you rather play Cincinnati in the first, in the, in the no, finals? No, I want to play State? good teams. I want to play good teams too, no, but I want to win then national then it's title. Like, oh,
2: we got to the national title and we played. Bad team. Well, did, like, no. did anybody say
1: that like, to, like, for, with Clemson when they beat Notre you Dame forget, who wasn't overrated? You
2: forget that everybody doubts us.
1: I think, people, I think five, six years down the road people won't remember that. We played Cincinnati in the semifinal. They just remember that Georgia won. And Georgia was like, like coach-to-coast best team in the country. If that ends up happening. Look, I'm not saying I'm scared of like a team like Ohio State. I just want... What gives us the easiest path to get there? Honestly, I I'll be real with you. I don't like sometimes you don't have your best game, and I want to be the best position. Why do teams want to get the one seed? Because you don't because you don't want to play the two seed. You want to play a team that's not as good. And I think Cincinnati is not as good as Ohio State, so I would love to see Ohio State lose and Cincinnati keep winning and us play Cincinnati. Honestly, that's what I would prefer. But I mean, whatever. We'll play who we play. It is what it is. But I, I'm not actively rooting for Cincinnati to lose. Like I think it's a joke that they are in the top five, but. It is what it is at this point, but I don't know. I, I, I do like Cincinnati to win this one, Charlie. Uh, I, I, think, I can see SMU winning. I don't think it's a crazy pick, but I just think Cincinnati matches up well with SMU's passing offense, um, but here's the thing. I don't love the Cincinnati offense. It's very, very underwhelming. Like, really, what do they do well in offense? Nothing. Like, really nothing. So, although I think they're going to win this game, give me the ponies to cover the 12th. Okay.
2: Well, this next game doesn't deserve to be on our slate, but it's slim pickings in the SEC this week. And Tyler, I know you appreciate any chance to rag on Dan Mullen, so here we are picking the Florida-Missouri game. You know
1: me so well. Thank as you for this. As far as I'm
2: concerned, after last week's embarrassing effort against Sanford, the Gators don't deserve to be favored in any games the rest of the season, but they are somehow the 8.5-point favorite on the road in Columbia. Missouri snuck one out at home last week against South Carolina, and they're trying desperately to get... To bowl eligibility. um, Yeah, I'm going with Mizzou because I just can't pick Florida to even cover eight and a half. I
1: mean, the game last week in Sanford was very alarming. Very. But is that an anomaly? You know, ma- I don't no. know. Like, or no. is that where they are right now? Because they also no. lost to South Carolina, which is, no. they, they they no-showed that game. But There was also, like, they have the flu? I I don't know, man. This is a tough one on a lot of levels. Let's just
2: talk about, you know the video or the audio of Kirby at halftime, for the Florida game, game. Yeah. it's circulating. You know their players have heard it, so now they're like, "Oh God, our coach really does suck. Our coach like,
1: doesn't do anything like that. Yeah,
2: exactly. What do you so, think a you Dan know,
1: Mullen halftime speeches like?
2: I'm sure that we've seen it.
1: To come out there on a unicycle,
2: we've seen it. Or that was the pregame. It was I don't pre-game. know. I don't care. your
1: unicycle, big red nose. It, it was
2: awful. And yeah. the, the players can only be only be turning against How him. do you not
1: laugh at him when he's trying to like motivate you? I, I think I don't some know. of them
2: were. But, anyways, yeah, moving on. We don't need to spend a lot of time. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll try to go through this fast. But this is a tough one on a lot of levels for me, like trying to pick this game. From a competitive standpoint, like looking at the talent, the roster, Florida's a better team. All year long, they've been a much better team than Missouri. But you're right, Charlie. Last week was alarming. South Carolina week was alarming. This is not the same Florida team we saw a month ago. Coaches have been fired. Players are quitting. It's a mess right now. And then also on the other side, like I hate Florida, and I would love to see them get humiliated in this spot. And I think Dan Mullen would absolutely and like if Dan Mullen got fired, Charlie. I'm not going to lie. This is maybe a bad person. I would absolutely take some perverse pleasure in him getting fired.
2: Well, the yeah, that might not be nice. I
1: mean. But Charlie, the man is a millionaire. Like, come on. I mean, like, do yeah. we feel he, bad for him? He, he and he brought it on himself. Come yeah, on, this man has, has brought it on himself. So, like, I would definitely take some pleasure in that. Uh, but and I think he would certainly would get fired if they lost this game. But here's the thing: I also want Dan Mullen to still be their coach because we're going to own Florida last, like mean, whatever, last year, COVID year, whatever. Notwithstanding, we're going to own Florida as long as Dan Mullen is their head coach because Florida. I mean, that's a a, te- a program that can be really good if you got the right coach. I don't want them to get the right coach. You know, I I want Dan Mullen to be their coach. So I want to beat up on Florida. I like beat up on Florida. I like beating up on Dan Mullen. He's fun to make fun of. You're right, Charlie. I love that. So I don't know what way to go here and even like who to root for in this game. Uh, but this Florida team is absolutely falling apart at the seams. They are. But their offense is still working. They put up 70 points, like 700 yards of offense last week. I know it's Sanford, but they still put up a lot of points. And they're really good at running the football. They're top 10 nationally running the football. Missouri, guys, I don't know if you noticed, if you saw this, they've improved. They're no longer dead last in rushing defense. They're now next to last in rushing defense. Still getting up 250 yards a game on the ground. I think Florida is going to run all over them. I don't think it's a good matchup for Missouri. Uh, now, I do think Missouri's going to score too, with their just, there's chaos on the defense side of the ball for them. Um, and I look, 70 is a lot of points in this one for an over, but I think I like the over here too. And Columbia in the past has been a tough place for Florida to play, but it's not going to be that cold this week. And they've been blown out there twice when it was really cold, like snowing once, I think. But it's going to be like low 50s. It's not going to be that bad for them. So I'm betting on the Florida defense getting it more figured out after another week to adjust this week. And I'm also betting on their run game to run all over Missouri, give me Florida to win and cover the eight and a half.
2: Okay. I might
1: really regret that pick, but I'm going to go with the X's and O's on this all one. All right,
2: it's down. Next up, we're going to go out west to the Great Salt Lake for a Pac-12 showdown between Oregon and Utah and what will be a preview of the Pac-12 championship game, barring either of them fall victim to a massive upset in the final week of the regular season. Yeah, this is going
1: to be a Pac-12 title game.
2: Oregon might be third in the college football ranking playoff rankings, but they are the three-point road dog in this game. Utah has recovered from a rough first couple of weeks, dropping games to BYU and San Diego State to take control of the Pac-12 South. Which I don't understand how they're in the Pac-12 South, but okay.
1: Wait, wait. Utah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, compare it to, like, Oregon.
2: I mean, just They're south of Oregon. We're not going to get into a geography. But they're south of Oregon. Right, but we're not. They're south of Washington. I'm not, right.
1: Okay. I mean, someone's got to be in the Pac-12 South.
2: Right, but that just doesn't. You else is matter. also in the Pac-12
1: South? Colorado. Oh, like well, let's not even going start on the Colorado debate. Like let's not even start on discuss that. discuss yeah.
2: geography right now. That's Colorado's my fault. West Coast. Colorado's West Coast. Nah, that's my fault. Moving West on. West Coast, not Midwest. Well, Oregon has f- had firm control of the North basically since conference play began. I'm not sure Oregon deserves its college football ranking, um, but I do think they are under pressure and will rise to the occasion, so I'm going with Oregon to cover.
1: Oh, Charlie! I think they might even win. Charlie, Oregon to win? I think you going you going upset special?
2: No, but I'm definitely picking them to. Well, cover. It's only three. I mean, but that's might we'll as well
1: go upset special. Whatever are you, you going want, going
2: upset special?
1: Hell no! <laughs> Give me the Utes. <laughs> I'm t- I got Utah win this so game. Why
2: are you trying to encourage me to pick Oregon? Because
1: I want to beat you, Charlie. Come on now, I'm, I'm not above but you
2: that. Said it in a way that made it no, I'm, reasonable I'm, 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 no like
1: when i'm looking at like honestly the way i'm looking at it when i look at games if it's only a three point spread and i think they're gonna cover like when it's three like you're only talking about a couple that's of points three, here
2: that's three points yeah okay that's but a lot. how often
1: do, do teams lose by two or one point
2: i don't know let's google it
1: i mean it happens but it's rare it's rare that a team loses by one or two points so if you're gonna take them to cover and it's only a three point spread you might as well just take them outright that's all i'm saying No. are you literally two, looking this up
2: it's three points that's a lot of points
1: Three points is definitely not a lot of points. Move on. Okay. I mean, three points, Charlie, the home team is three points for being the home team typically. I mean, you you find that find that number for me. We'll see if you can find it. But look, this I don't want to spend too much time on this one because I know Charlie, you want to get out of here. But look, this is two pretty evenly matched teams. It's two teams that want to run the football and work play action off of that in the passing game, but they go about it differently. Utah is more of a power based run game. Oregon's more spread based with Joe Moorhead in the quarterback run game. Now Utah has it. They've changed, man. Like early season, they look like they were about to just have a rough season. But they've changed quarterbacks. Cam rising when they took over. It's this offense is is now different. And they really kind of hit their stride with Cam Rising when he took over. They've also found a feature running back in Tavian Thomas. He really fits that team. He's a big physical power back. Oregon is a good team. They are. They're, they're not a bad team. I mean, Charlie, I get what you're saying. Like they might not deserve like you don't think they're one of the top four teams, but like
2: No, I don't think they're bad. I just don't but think they're they in the top at, four. At
1: Ohio State. Like talk about resumes, like that's a pretty good resume, but I get what you're saying. I don't think they're one of the four best teams. I don't. I don't think they're one of the four best teams. They're still a good team, I, but they're very one-dimensional on offense, and they've only been like pretty good on defense despite the talent they have on that side of the ball. I think Utah can have some success on the ground in work play action. with their tight ends like Keithy. I love the fact that it's at Utah. Rice Echo Stadium can be a tough place to play. The mighty Utah student section, the mus is going to be rocking for this game. I do think this is round one. Uh, because I think look, these two teams are almost certainly going to be playing in the Pac-12 title game, but give me Utah to win round one and cover the three at home.
2: All right, finally, let's talk about the dogs. I don't have a whole lot to offer on this intro since it's Charleston Southern and Vegas doesn't have a whole lot to offer either since the game is currently off the board.
1: We've been waiting all week to see if it was going to get a yeah. line, but it hasn't yet.
2: No, obviously the dogs are still undefeated at 11 and 0 and still hold the number one. We're, we're ranking. not 11
1: and 0 though. Huh? We're ten and zero.
2: Ten and zero. Sorry, we, we so hope
1: to be eleven and zero after this game.
2: Right. Okay.
1: I'm sorry. But did I was that wrong to correct you? Sorry.
2: No, that's sorry. fine. I got in trouble earlier. I've forgotten what week we're on. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm yeah, it's crazy. Lost. It's week
1: twelve. We played ten games. Right. Was, yeah, weird. I'm
2: hoping this game gives some of the younger guys a chance to get some reps, and gives our guys that are banged up a chance to rest. Also, before Tech next weekend, I know you talked about it in the earlier episode this week. Um, the mailbag. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that one that yeah. you were on. Sorry. Just Well, forgot. Because
2: I'm still listening to the other the Yeah, our quality control line.
1: expert here. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah, I'm a little late this week. And then the SEC championship, we need them the following week. Since there's no official line in this game, I'm gonna set my own line. Al-
1: Charlie playing oddsmaker.
2: Alabama was minus fifty last week against New Mexico State which was the biggest line for any SEC team this season. So I'm going to go one better and set this line at Georgia -51 and a half. And right, how about I'm, just
1: 50. Why 51 and a half?
2: I don't know. Oh, 51, sorry. 51 is what I typed.
1: You type, I was looking at your, what your screen here and yeah. it says 50. No, it I was like, 51. what do you, did you just decide you I, want to add the extra the hook there? Do you just felt like it?
2: We've had some technical difficulties. We've been here yeah, a while. This show, it's Jesus Christ. Uh, it's it just at one of those things. Um yeah, so I set my own line. I don't know that we're going to run the score up like that, though.
1: I mean, it's tough. I mean, they're not going to, if they score, I'll be surprised.
2: Yeah. I, I, it's,
1: I mean, like, crazy things happen turnovers and, you know, special team stuff. But I'd be surprised if they score. Are we going to put up 51? That's the question. Uh, with all the injuries that we have, I think we're going to want to substitute liberally. And we haven't had a ton of games this year where we've gotten some of these guys' chances to play. Not as many as you would like. Right, so
2: I don't think we're going to run up the – I don't think we're going to score that much.
1: But don't you think our backups are still significantly better than Charleston Southern starters?
2: Yeah, I just don't see Kirby
1: Yes, it it could be that. Or it could be, hey, these guys have worked really hard all season and they haven't got a chance to play, so I want to actually give them a chance to really actually play and show me what they can do –
2: Sure, fine. I don't know. Georgia covers
1: 51. I'm going to take your fake spread. What a spread it is.
2: Georgia covers 51. I I
1: got Georgia to cover 51. Give me the dogs. Give me the dogs. Charleston
2: Southern can earn their money.
1: Charleston Southern, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to get, well, I don't know what the payday is, million bucks, something like that. A lot. So, yeah, I mean, that's what they're going to be paid here to come to do. Hopefully, it's not one of those games you're going to sweat out like Florida last week. I don't see any way that's going to happen, but you never say never, knock on wood. But, yeah, I, I love the, the odds maker, Charlie, here with with our line of 51. We'll see if we actually get a real line right before the game. I don't know. We'll see, but give me the dogs, 51 there. Uh, but, all right, guys, that is... Is it today for us here on the Glory UJ podcast? Got anything else for us, Charlie? Any parting words of wisdom? Um, what was
2: your Clemson pick? I didn't that's the only one I didn't get. My
1: Clemson pick was Clemson to win and cover. Clemson to win and I don't and love cover. the hook, but give me Clemson to win and cover.
2: Okay, so our
1: See if we had a spreadsheet, Charlie, you wouldn't have to. I could just like put my own picks in instead of you going like all 1981 on me and writing these things down on paper and then taking a well, at least take it, a picture of it. I but... find
2: it interesting to find out your pick. When we're recording instead of seeing it in a spreadsheet beforehand.
1: Well, I, I'm going to say I could put it in the spreadsheet as we're recording.
2: Well, that's the same thing as me writing it down.
1: But it's in a spreadsheet and you wouldn't, ha- and you wouldn't have to like actually listen okay. to what I I'm like saying. I like my paper.
2: Our differences okay, fair are enough. I have Michigan State. You have Ohio State. Um, I have Arkansas. You have Bama. We both have SMU. I have it for an upset special. Well, You're picking you have, SMU to win outright. You picked out, them right? to cover. Yes. Yeah. I have Mizzou, you have Florida, I have Oregon, you have Utah. Do
1: we have four differences again?
2: Um, yes.
1: All right. This week's, let's not split. Can we make a deal? Like, try not to, I mean, that we have no bearing on that. Let's hope we don't split. It'll be three we'll weeks see. in a row. We'll see. Got to be some separation. I want this to be a separation Saturday, Charlie.
2: I'm making different picks on purpose too. No, so.
1: don't. Are you? Are I you, mean, I'm don't not, even do that. I think that's your defense mechanism. So if you don't win, you can fall back on no, that.
2: No, I don't. I I agree with my picks, but I also how know are you making different
1: picks have, on purpose when you give your picks first?
2: Because I know how you think.
1: Now nah, you don't. Okay. Debatable. Highly right. debatable. Got it. Highly debatable. But thank you for your efforts. We appreciate it. And thank you guys out there for listening to us here on the Glory UJ podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend. If you're going to the game, have fun. Get there
2: early. It's senior day. day. Yeah,
1: get there. Support those guys. Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, all those guys. Let's support them. Jamari Stallier, all those guys. Uh, Have a great weekend. If you're coming to the game, have a great time. Stop in Alumni Hall in the Epps Bridge Shopping Center on your way into town right off 316. But thank you for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always... Go Dogs!